All right, Jacob, I have a question for you. I want to know, how different is going to school as a principal, how different is it to go to school as a principal versus going to school as a teacher? That is an interesting question. Um, it's, it's weird in some ways, in some ways it's exactly the same. In some ways it's vastly different. Like one thing that I've learned already is cause here's the thing people, it, this happens to teachers too. So I feel like this is a, what I'm about to say is, is like a, a truism in our profession, which is any, unless you're doing the job, you simply don't know what it's like in most cases. Right. And that's, I mean, that's probably true for a lot of professions. I wouldn't say every profession, but I think for ones that are complex, that people feel like they have a grasp on, everyone feels like they understand teaching because everyone's had teachers, right? It's one of those things everyone has an opinion about. Like, well, I went to school and it's like, well, things change, things evolve. The profession to actually teach is, you know, there's so much stuff behind the scenes uh, other than just the actual teaching. And, you know, uh, administration is, in, in some ways it's like that. In some ways it is how I thought it was. And in some ways it's vastly different. So for instance, I spend, I, I've spent a lot of time like at night as a teacher making lesson plans, tweaking lesson plans, reading tons of passages to like find out what I want to do, looking at all of this stuff as a principal, um, at least so far, I'm sure I'll have different uh, perspectives on this as the year goes, but I was sitting back and my wife, you know, she's a first grade teacher. So she's working on, you know, her plans. I'm like, Oh, I don't have those. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So that labor at the beginning part, right? That back end isn't as it's not there as much. Now I'm getting emails constantly and there's constantly tons of like smaller tasks I have to do. But in terms of like a solid time that I have to use really doesn't exist. And this goes to showing up. Right. So I show up and I go into the hallways and we have morning duty as uh, principals and we're walking around and, you know, directing kids and high fiving and checking in on teachers and whatnot. Um, So there's that energy. But then the day when you get going is as a teacher, you have your set schedule. Right. And now things that happen in a class is always going to be, you know, somewhat randomized, but as you get your system going, you can kind of bet on what's going to happen, right? For me, I did my mini lesson, then we read, and then we wrote. I knew what was going to happen within that. Now, kids might do something to throw that off. There might be a drill. There might be any number of disruptions, but my general day was fairly predictable, and as a principal, there are some of those aspects. Like, I know I'm going to be in the hallways in passing period. I know I'm going to be in lunch duty. I'm going to do all of those things. But in the middle of all of that, there's a thousand different things that happen that need my attention. There's an email that needs my attention. There's a phone call that needs my attention. We have to have a meeting real quick about something. I have to do this. I have to do that. So it's rather than prepping and then kind of going into a day ready for kind of a generalized idea of what I do. It's like I make sure I'm ready and then I show up and I just have to be ready to pivot at any single moment. And that to me, honestly, it's actually been really exciting um, because I work, I feed off that sometimes. Now, 
there were some things that popped up that I really didn't want to do, but we did anyway, because it's just like teaching, you know, sometimes like your principal or whoever sends you a thing that, Hey, we need this form filled out. Right. And you have to go, well, I have a thousand other things to do, but I will fill out this form that happens in, in the principal world as well. But it has been really fascinating. So the difference is the fact that I just never know what my day is going to look like. Uh, in, in general. And that is, that's an exciting prospect sometimes, but also means I have to guard my time. Like my goal was to make it the, we've only been in school for three days. So my goal was to hit as many classrooms as I could to just experience what they were like, to show my presence, to get to know the kids, to get to know teaching styles and everything else. And I had so much fun going into rooms as a you know, just kind of as an AP, but also just as a learner and in, in interacting with students. And I, I want to tell this story real quick, but okay, we did a, I walked in one of my teacher's rooms and they were doing, you know, it was, it was this Friday and they were talking about, um, they were talking about like the class rules because the way their block schedule is, it's like every other day we have even and odd days, right? So they don't, like they only, we only went to school for three days, so they only saw their kids a certain amount of time. But they were, she was hosting this really deep discussion around some of the rules. And this was a senior class, I believe it was English four. So they were talking about like, like they were talking about the dress code rules, but she opened it up for discussion, right? And so she was going over rules, but she was using it really as a teaching moment. And I was like, oh, this is such a great way to learn who your students are, to learn their perspectives, learn where their thoughts were. I was like, I was all in. I was like, yes. Well, it was funny wow. though. When, when I walked in, they all, the kids went, shh, 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 like they were doing something wrong. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then like this girl who had this big personality in the back, she was like, oh, we just, you know, she kind of like made up an excuse. So I went and sat next to her and she goes, oh, you can sit here. So I went and sat next to her and then I just listened and they had this, it was a really, uh, the, the conversation was awesome and it was great. And anytime I walk into a classroom, I try to have sticky notes cause I want to write compliments to the teacher or to students and stuff. And the kids were saying so many things. I started writing like all of these compliments. I ended up handing out like four or so sticky notes to the students who were having this, like they just had really great takes and really great comments. And so I passed those out before I left. And as I was walking out, they verified, they're like, Oh, you're the new AP. And I was like, yeah. And the teacher goes, yeah, he's, he's like my appraiser, my boss kind of. And they're like, Oh, it's you. And I was like, yeah. And then I told them, I was like, Hey, this guy, this was, and they like, they were like, Oh, that's really cool. And then I told them, I said, this class was so engaging and exciting. I was like, y'all are amazing. I'm definitely going to come back and hang out with y'all because y'all have such cool perspectives. And they like applauded, like as I was leaving, they're like, you can come back anytime. So that stuff is so much different because it's, uh, I was telling my wife this, I was like, as a AP, you know, there is a, you know, you, you, it is a different role. So you're, you know, the, the status of who you are is a little bit different. So, you know, I, at first I was worried about that because I was like, Oh, I, you know, I won't get authentic, you know, stuff from students. They'll just kind of talk to me. But I realized that because I am an AP, if I take the time to really listen, same thing I would do as a teacher, but give compliments, you know, just writing a sticky note, give it to someone that has a certain weight behind it because of a principalship. Now it has weight behind as a teacher too. It's just a different, it's just a different thing. You know what I mean? Right. And I, and, and that was a first realization where I was like, Oh my God, like, 
I love that as a teacher, but now I get to do this in support of the teacher. So the teacher gets to have their moment and I can double down on that. And now together for really working as a team, we can really get some kids to shine and, and, and rise up and, and be proud of their work and their thinking and stuff. And it was, I don't know, there was a lot of things that pieced together over these last three days where I was like, let's go. I was so worried, but I'm so hyped now. So I don't know. That was a really rambling story, but that's my answer. That's how it's different so far. All right. Well, with that, everybody, welcome to Craft and Draft. And Jacob, what are we talking about today? And I think you can finish the intro because apparently I skipped <laughs> most of it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oh, my oh. goodness. Yes, this is Crash Draft. That's Payo Chubb, Jacob Chesney. We're two <laughs> English teachers time. here down in the state of Texas. Uh, loving what we do um, in reading, writing workshop. Even though I'm not technically running a workshop now, we have so many teachers who are workshop-oriented at the high school. So I'm still living that workshop life, having workshop conversations and whatnot. So never fear, Craft and Draft listeners. Chastain is still deep in workshop. And from multiple perspectives, multiple grade levels now, and multiple versions of teachers. And I'm seeing all kinds of great stuff, so it's very exciting. But today we're gonna we're gonna hit some listener questions. We decided to to reach out to our Patreon community and and uh, get some questions. So we're gonna hit some of those, and then we're gonna talk about Ochoa's first three days in there because she did some stuff that we talked about. If you well, either you paid to get access to our full training, or you listened to about that hour sample we gave to free listeners, uh, Ochoa really went through with what she said she was going to and we, we were talking on the phone about it and I just thought she had a really interesting take so that'll be interesting for any of y'all who are following along or or planning with us as some of y'all do I think she'll have some great insights into that which I'm super excited to talk about but before we do that I want to tell you that this podcast is supported by our Patreon listeners and shout out to you know we noticed a few people who had actually upped their listener tier so they could get access to uh, the PD video which was very nice Um, and you know that we made those tiers so that way you know for anyone who wants to join or anything like that you know the the listener tier you get bonus episodes every single month access to us and uh you get to to hang out with us in a, in a closer knit community, and the listener plus tier they get extra videos and whatnot. We designed them that way so y'all could vacillate between them. You know, if there's nothing coming out that you really want or budget goes down, then you can drop it down. You can move it up. That's why we love Patreon. You can kind of decide, hey, you want to support us. So we're excited to see that more people are jumping into uh, the higher level tier. And I'm we're going to be dropping another video soon. As of listening to this, it'll already be live on the Patreon, and another bonus episode will be live on the Patreon when everyone hears this episode. So if you want more content, go over there. Just like Tracy, Susan, Natalie, Lori, Destiny, Melissa, Carol, Courtney, who is our buddy who was at this on the last episodes, Rebecca, Amy, Mark, Leah, Brandy, and Alicia. All of them support us just like you can. So go join us on at Patreon and get more access, more help, and more support for your workshop journey. But let's get to the conversation. All righty. Miss Ochoa. First of all, I, we're going to talk about your journey uh, this year already, and uh, you know I want to hit the questions first. But before we do that, how is it? How is it going so far? You, we both had a three day week 
with students. And the intro was kind of me describing my three day week. But what was what was yours like? What would you say the the community of that campus is like? Your classroom? How are you feeling after these three days? Well, I'm feeling pretty good about uh, my students. I've got some really neat kiddos. Um, my team and I are starting to, you know, figure out some things and work together. You know, we don't know each other. I ended up with the new two, the two new teachers that, uh, you know, replaced our you and and our other teacher. Um, yeah, that's there's that, a lot. I don't think I don't know if we have we said that on the show that you. I don't think we, so. I ended up with the we two had, new ones. <laughs> yeah, well, we had this team. It was me and you who were super connected, and then our partner who was who's deeply ingrained, and then she went up a grade level, and then I left, and so you have two new people. So you're you're literally mm-hmm. on a whole new little crew. I am on a whole new little crew, and they're very intelligent ladies that I work with. I mean, like they're. Let's just put it this way. I have to pretend I know what they're talking about because they're like geniuses. And so I'm sitting there going, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> I'm not that smart. So, I mean, they're they're like uh, way up there. So um, one's a senior. She was a senior English teacher. And so she's she's like having to figure out how to bring down her knowledge, you know, so. It's um, challenging. Yeah, because she she did AP, she was AP uh, Lang language, I think lit and language or whatever. But she taught at the senior level or at the junior level. I can't remember, junior and senior maybe. But anyway, the whole thing is, uh, she's got all that um, you know, college level vocabulary for you know, like Anapest and things I don't know about. So she'll sit there and go, oh, well, that's a whatever. And I'm going, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what I'm sure it was one of those. (laughs) But so that's been interesting trying to keep up with their their brilliance. But they're they're good ladies. So. So anyway, that's been interesting trying to figure each other out. Uh, I'm the one that's been, I mean, I've taught the longest between everybody. And so one one is her second year uh, teaching. And then the other one, the one I was just talking about, has taught for 17 years. So we come with a different um, skill sets and different uh, background experiences, if you will. and. Uh, in different personalities. So, so, but we're just now starting to gel. I think this week we're starting uh, mandatory PLCs where we have to meet no matter what. So the first two days of school, they were busy just trying to catch their breath between times. So they didn't come into my room. And But then Friday they came in and started asking me questions. So I think they're starting to settle down and then trying to figure out what we're doing next. So it was more of a just hang on until the weekend. Uh, kind of thing. As a matter of fact, I went up today and I started working on stuff at 7.15 this morning at school. And I finally left about four (laughs) o'clock. Well, I did go eat, (laughs) but I was trying to get all the tests, everything I promised them that I would have done (laughs) by Monday. I was like, oh, look at all these promises I made. I was up there all day. But because uh, I'm also doing volleyball, and so this was the one weekend I don't have off. So, but anyway, as far as my kiddos, there I've got honors like we did. I have an on level 
which uh, they underestimated how many kids we would have. They said we wouldn't have very many. So they we lost uh, teacher units. And uh, guess what? We have more than we did last year. So I've got classes of 28 and 30. And, uh, but that's what happens, by the way. I was saying that, mm-hmm. like, on the before I left, I was having those conversations mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, I've after you know several years on the same campus and, and being in leadership roles, we had those discussions, and I was like, D- we're undershooting. And I was like, they can't do anything about that because districts want to do that because of a variety of things, but it was also like, no, there's no way. So it's, it's funny to hear that there, yeah. there's more there. It, it is what it is. That's one of the nuances of public schooling, but. Oh yeah. It's always been like that. You always end up with more than what they say, but I, you know, I've got one class. that's an on-level class and they're a pretty tough little group. You know, we, they, this particular group, then I know now that's why you went to be a principal because. <laughs> It's not because you really wanted to advance your career. <laughs> I think it has more that you were were uh, had heard of about about this reputation that yeah. these particular youngins have. Oh, they're the COVID group, and any teacher Ooh. listening knows what we're saying when we say that they are COVID students. Oh. And they're my. What's funny is so I left. Right, you're saying I dodged that the group. Yeah. I, I, so I'm the sophomore principal. They're the COVID group of that. Oh. Campus. So I I I, I left I left eighty students that I would potentially have and inherited six hundred. So there you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, things things always shake out as they should. But uh, so anyway, that class is a pretty tough class. I mean, they've already. I mean, first day, uh, they were trying to get me to you know trying to get me to ruffle. And um, after about 35 years, I don't ruffle that much. And so, um, I mean, like when I say trying to ruffle, one of them started yelling at me and and I just kind of looked at her and I went, well, get another book. Well, she didn't like that book because she was saying a few words, you know, I said, well, get another book. And she's like, but you didn't hear me. And then she repeated the the language and I said, get another book. And then she's like, oh, whatever. And so then she goes and gets another book. And then I walk around and I say, I tell her, I said, no, we're not using that language anymore. This is what's going to happen the next time you do. But I did it in such a way that nobody knows that she, you know, she knows that I know and that I'm not okay with it. But I didn't like let her win. Does it make sense? And so it just kind of, so the next day she's all like, she went and got a book and started reading because she realized that I didn't, I wasn't going to ruffle. So that was, that was that, but, but I have to stay on to them. But as a matter of fact, talking about principals, uh, one of our principals walked in to, uh, uh, yesterday and, uh, helped me with a student that, and, and when I say helped me, the class is really a large, large class and they're, they're really needy students. And so they're busy, like popcorn, you know, and you're trying to get this one, try to get that one, and they don't understand that. We're trying to set up our craft and draft book. And they're like, no, what page, what page was that? What number was that? Was that? And I'm like, time out. Let me listen. Listen, everybody, and we'll tell you. Page one is the first page. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I mean, we didn't even get to page one. And they're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, page one. So anyway, uh, but she could see that I was kind of, 
they were all having all these questions. And so our principal walked in and actually she stayed in there and literally helped me with turning the pages. She was listening. So she actually jumped in and became a co-teacher for me for about 10 minutes, which really helped because it was, they were kind of bouncy. But uh, then after that, it got, you know, got settled. The good thing is, is the the kids know that the principals are going to support us. And they saw that immediately. So I think what you're doing was very important. Same thing. Very helpful. And I think that's a good thing. Well, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I sh- you know, it's, it's so funny because my, this is the promise that I made. So my, our English team, right. On our campus is huge, right. It's a, it's a big high school. Right. Um, there's tons of English teachers and they're, they're all so great and they have different backgrounds and. It's so fascinating to hear, you know, their perspectives on, on what they've done and, and, and kind of see the different styles. It's been really like, you know, it's it's just interesting. I really feel like I'm like a, I'm learning so much from them just in what they do. But one of the things I promised was I wanted to – my biggest fear going into principalship, and I've said this on social media, was losing that touch with the classroom but also losing the touch with students, right? And I was like, I don't want to just be the disciplinarian. You know, the the new wave of principalship is instructional leader, right? That's my degree. Principal is instructional leader. That is what it's called now. But the principalship hasn't evolved. You know, when we when we talk about you know the whole sit and get education, we always mm-hmm. talk about how that teacher or that school that does that it really hasn't evolved to the new times and what they're what they're moving towards and what modern teaching has become. There's a lot of principles like that. And there's a lot of views of principalship like that to where um, it's not teaching oriented. And I was like, you know what? I don't, I, I want, this is what I want to do. I love the, the pedagogy of it all. I love the, 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 that piece. I love the, the relationship piece. So I made a, a promise to my teachers when I sat down with all of them. I said, Hey, you know, the, the the role that I play is is gonna suck my time away as it does to everyone, and I'm gonna end up in a the disciplinarian hole at some parts of the year to where it's just all that and everything. But I feel like to do that job the best, to be a disciplinarian that is effective and not just a, a punishment giver. I need to know what classrooms are like. I need to understand what students are like in classrooms, assignments, and stuff like that because it gives me. A, a deeper perspective on on everything that's happening. So it's like, you know, I want to be in in classrooms because that first of all, that's where that magic happens. But second of all, it's it gives me such a broader perspective as a as a leader and a a, a support role for the campus. And so, I love to hear that that's happening. You know, at at our at our home school, but it's also, you know, that's what I strive to be. There's so many. There's so many things that uh, that the, the principalship can really do to support educators and what they're doing, which supports students. And then, you know, that's kind of the whole goal. But I don't know. I just mm-hmm. I just wanted to kind of put a, a pin on that, so to speak, because it's right. that's where my mind's been. Right. Well, I mean, it does help uh, to have somebody that's very supportive for you. I, I do know that. And so then, you know, I have that class and that's probably going to be the one, uh, my challenge class, you know, and then I have a class that has to have a co-teacher due to inclusion. And um, and so that class, I've got some students that, you know, need extra help. 
But, uh, and then I have my honors class. So that's, that's that. So I end with my honors class. So I start off with that class that's uh, fun. And then I have the class in the middle, which are, they're calm, but they, they just don't have the, as much skill, some of them, you know, because of needs that they have. And then I've got my honors class at the end of the day. So I I, I do end, you know, I, all I'm thinking is I can do this for two hours and then I'm good. I'm golden. Then I can do, you know, but so going to the lesson, I guess that's what you really want me to talk about. And I did the horizon lesson. Uh, you know, every year I start with a word and this year was horizon. And uh, I'm really glad we got it ready for the you know, for, for our patrons and for our uh, subscribers or for our listeners, because uh, by doing that, I already kind of had it in my head how I wanted to do it. And so I, the first thing they did when they came in, I gave them all something to write with if they didn't have anything. And I gave them a paper if they didn't have that and if they had it great. And so, um, I don't, you know, I don't fret if students don't have a supply or two on our campus. I mean, we're sitting there with, you know, quite a few, um, well, I mean, it's like seven, seven, almost 80% are economically disadvantaged. So, I mean, I just don't fret. I, I, you know, I used to worry about that, but in this situation, I'd rather them just get the work done. I mean, my goal is to get them to learn, I, not, you know, so that's, I just do whatever I, I can to make that faster. So I did all that. And so we did Horizon and the kids, you know, many of them did understand the word Horizon which I knew they wouldn't. That's why I showed them a picture. So I had several that would write about the ocean or the sky because those were the things on that slide, you know. And then I said, if you know what the word horizon means or whatever pops into your brain, that's fine. I did have one student that wrote a half a page of, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm writing. I don't know why I'm writing. And I said, just keep writing until I say stop. I don't care what it is. And so, you know, I did have that, but I had... I let them write for about, I think it was about three minutes. You know, by the time I answered all the questions, it might have been five in all. So some might have had a little more time because the kids did have some questions. And I wrote, and I wrote about my dad in the airplane and how he would give me the, you know, the ability to fly the, you know, the co-pilot seat. And he would talk to me about how you need to keep everything in the horizon. And then I showed the actual video um, that talks about uh, how artists use horizon and how the viewpoint, if you see all ground, then your person's looking down. If you see all up, your person's looking up. If you see all sky, your person's looking up. And so it was talking to him. If you see sideways, your person's looking this way. So then I, I, I explained my airplane. I shared my part about the airplane and how when you're looking down, you're seeing all ground in an airplane. What does that mean? And they're like, oh, that means you're crashing. And I said, okay, but if you're looking, you're going straight up. So we, we did that little conversation. And I said, okay, now that you know a little bit more about Horizon, I want you to add to your writing. So now let's write again. And so they wrote again in this time for about that. They got into it a little bit more because they had a better understanding of the word horizon. And so many of them started writing and um, all of a sudden they started filling the page. And then I I didn't want to stop, you know, because all of a sudden, like almost all of them, that first period class that you know, struggles a little bit. They were a little bit slower about getting it all done, you know, because they were trying to try me and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but the other two classes, they just, 
you know, they started writing my honors class. They wrote, I think on that first day, some of them got to page two, front and back in the next page. I mean, they were needing more paper. So it was pretty cool to watch them. And then I showed them a quote, the the Buzz Aldrin quote. Most of them didn't know who Buzz Aldrin was. So I had to tell and explain who Buzz Aldrin was and all of that and why. And then I showed them that picture of the horizon as it goes around the earth. And so they had a better view of it. And then it had the moon, picture of the moon. So you see the horizon on the moon. And so then many of them started talking about, so they wrote again. So I had them write at least three times. And then the last quote was about, uh, you know, in order to step forward, you don't start looking down. You need to go to New Horizons, that kind of thing, the Norwegian quote. So so then I had them explain that quote. And then I told them that I, there's a reason why I choose these things. And what I want for them is to try to find New Horizons for themselves. And so this whole year is going to be about them learning new things, trying new things, etc. Well, the next day... I did a writer's choice or an author's choice, which is free writing. So the next day they came in and they did free. And then they read yes the day before they read. So now this is the next day. And so, uh, so I said, writer's choice. And they said, you mean we can write about whatever we want? I said, you can write about whatever you want. And they're like, I mean, like whatever I want. And I said whatever you want. And so then finally, after they, I convinced them that it's okay to write. I mean, you're looking at, I think I've got at least four or five pages of writing already. And we've only had three days. It's amazing. And then, but what was neat, this little, in one of my, that class that has the, that I have need to have the co-teacher in, this little boy was so precious. This is his writer's choice. So he's writing and you've got this little paragraph, you know, and he struggles. So we're not talking, but he did build the page up, but he has gaps. He's got spaces, you know, his words are not quite, you know, they're kind of hard to read, but he draws this square in the middle. He draws a and I and I went to go look at it. He shared it with me. And so what it was, his square was actually a little piece of paper. It was a note, like a little letter. And in the letter, he wrote, Dear Mrs. Ochoa, <laughs> yesterday, I didn't know the word horizon, but today I do. Thank you. <laughs> he signed his name, and that's in the middle of this paper that he yes. wrote. Is that like precious or what? It's awesome. It was wonderful. So, but when I, when I did it with the, with the, um, uh, my honors classes, they picked up on Horizon. They already knew pretty much what that word meant. So we were able to go into the deeper meaning of finding new horizons and the fact that this was a metaphor for success and, you know, learning new things. And so um, they started sharing back with me and sharing their writing. And I literally got chills. You know how when you know you're doing something and it gels? Mm-hmm. So I got, you know, in, in the... You know, you got the little needles or whatever that stand up on your hair stands up on end. So I got that. I got that feeling. I don't get that very often, but that I mean, I, I get I get it quite a bit, but not at the beginning of the school year. I usually don't. So it's pretty cool. Well, and that so it's so funny because your 
those experiences were, you know, that's the, that's the bread and butter of what we love. It's what we talk about all the time. And mm-hmm. I was so terrified of not having that as a principle, but being, uh, you know, I'm, I, I think I'm just really fortunate to be where I'm at because the teachers are very positive, you know, they're very engaging. And so I've experienced that in just different ways, which is super awesome. But it's those that that's what we, so when we talk about like to, to take it beyond just personal experience, when we talk about like, Anything on this show or, I mean, individually, whatever, I think that what you and I really try to convey, and sometimes we're effective and sometimes we're less effective and sometimes it's harder to convey, but it's that workshop, the format of workshop lends itself to so many of those experiences, right? It lends Mm -hmm. itself to really bringing in all students because we're we're not telling students they have to approach something a specific way at all times, right? Sometimes we do if we're trying to really hone in on something, but for the most part like you said, like that kid had that opportunity to you know, write that kind of reflective piece so to speak and and really express themselves and I think that like uh, that is where we're going and I feel like sometimes people are like, well, that's all fine and dandy, but we have to get them to write essays and all that. But it's also like that person, that, that student who wrote that, that is, that could be, you know, on their way to this, this literacy format, right? Writing starts differently for all of us, you know, right? when I was a kid and it's so funny to think about this now is I was obsessed. So when I was younger, everyone knows I'm a gamer that listens to any of my podcasts, but I was obsessed with the Halo game, right? It was a huge game when I was a kid. I was literally obsessed with it. One of my friends would come over and he would like, we would just play Halo all day. Right. And just like mess around and, and all of this, but we were also big avid readers. So like, it was like a rainy day one day. This is a real story. We got a bunch of cardboard boxes together and I had this big hallway in my house, the house that I grew up in. And we built this like cardboard tunnel with multiple rooms in it, essentially. And we cut out little doors and we had a little, we even had like a periscope thing that came out. I mean, like we went all out, right? Like a typical, like, you know, the internet really isn't a thing. What are you going to do as a kid on a rainy day? You're going to build a cardboard fort, right? And so what we did though, is we read, right? We read books in there. And then him and I would poke out a little bit and talk, but then we would read in our little corners. That's a vivid memory I have. And so with our reading passion that we have, he would just come over and we would read and the gaming passion come over with game. We were like, let's, what if we wrote a book? Can we write a book? And so he had like this old IBM laptop that probably wasn't powerful enough to do anything except run a word processor. And we sat, and what him and I would do is I would play games and then he would write a chapter or write as much as he could. He'd be like, oh, I'm stuck. We would trade. I would give him the controller and then I would start writing. And we did that for like, you know, weeks, literally on end. And then eventually we had like tons of pages of writing. And so I that, that's like my early writing experiences was like, oh, I could, could I do this? And so that was me. But for so many of our kids, they don't even have... The the reason why we were able to do that, we had access to so many things, right? We had access to a computer. We had access to 
books. We had reading culture somewhat in our houses to where we did that. We had access to entertainment that inspired us. And so there's a lot of kids that we get in schools that don't have a lot of that, right? For whatever reason, they don't have a lot of these experiences. And so it comes up to the workshop teacher, in my opinion, to really set up a classroom that encourages creativity, encourages trial and error without punishment, that encourages, hey, you know, this is this is what's on your mind. Put it down, you know? And if what you want to talk about is how you learned a word, then that's awesome. And I think that is such a unique uh, way of teaching, but I think it's, you know, when we talk about trust the process, that's literally what that is, right? Because if you're like, I, I, you know, I think you and I have both seen this, you know, there's teachers who might get stressed about that. Like, Oh my God, they're not writing what I want them to write, but you're beaming over here talking about what this kid did. And I I feel like that's a unique perspective. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think so. And, and it's just the same, you know, I think the, the reason I had a little bit of difficulty with that first period class is I, I just think that they struggle with this idea. And I see it in adults too. When we do the, um, you know, when I do my writing workshops and I say, okay, write about whatever you want. I mean, we do that right off the bat. And the teachers are like, looking around, they're all talking, they're chatting. And the people that I work with, if they're not that experienced with it, you know, or the, if they're new, they're like, uh, don't you need, do I need to go over there and tell them? Do I need to go tell them? I'm like, nope, you don't need to tell them, just wait. And that's kind of what I did with that first period class a little bit. You know, I waited. Of course, I had to, I had to redirect a few just because of, you know, getting up out of their chairs, what have you at first. And then all of a sudden, like, a little longer than the other classes, it was silent. And the reason it was silent is because everybody figured out and they started writing. But it's real hard at the beginning because one thing about writing is it may, it's vulnerable. It's probably one of the most vulnerable things you do. And then these kids are probably afraid that they're going to have to share, you know. And and I did do that. I did say, would anybody, I, I always want to do an invitation to share. Would anybody like to share? And that class, nobody wanted to share. And I'm like, you don't have to, you know, because I want to make it as less threatening as it can be, you know, as safe as possible. And so I don't make them share, but I do let them know that eventually they're going to want to share because we're writing every day. And that's what I told them that first day. I said, we write every day. We read every day. And that's what we're going to do. And so they were like, what? You know, especially that first class. That, and I think they're used to misbehaving. I think they're used to flustering the teacher is what I think. You know how you just have those personalities? But it was so cute. In that class also, though, I've got two students that both came up to me and said, Ms. Ochoa, I'm not used to this because I've been on the I've been online learning for the last three years. This is my first time back. I've had several like that, that they're like, I is it gonna get better? You know, because they were real talkative at first. And I told them, I said, just hang with me, we'll work on it. Sure enough, the next day's a little bit better. The third day was a little bit better. The principal came in and helped me a little bit, you know, because I told them that I've got I'm, you know, this is a touch and go right here. I, I'll be able to handle it, but I just letting you know it's a little touch and go. And so, but apparently we have several because that class. They got pretty rough, I think, at the end. I, you know, I wasn't in the sixth grade hall, but that's the reputation that I've heard. So the the principals are really like hovering over us right now, just to kind of jump in if they think they might need to. And 
They've been doing that with all the classes, not just mine. But it's just interesting that that after a while they all started writing. And it and there is a moment, there is a moment as a teacher when you're going, this isn't gonna work, this isn't gonna work, this isn't gonna work. And you gotta, you gotta work, you gotta keep yourself from panicking. You just do. And yeah. and you do have to trust it. But there is, especially if you're new at it, you're like, oh. But when you first get them to write. They're not used to it, and so they'll, they'll talk. And I see the same thing with adults. They do the same thing. Even English teachers, they're English teachers, and they do the same thing. They start talking. They have to chat it out at first a little bit. And you can either go over there and squelch them and irritate them and say, hey, look, we're writing. You need to get yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Or you can just say, um, is there anything I can help you with? You know, if you, and that's what I do with the kids. I'll say, is there, uh, can, do I need to help you? You know, would you like for me to help you? Can you come up with an idea? I can't think of anything. Okay, well, then that's what you write. <laughs> and so sure enough, he goes, you mean it? I could just write that? I said, is that what's on your brain? He goes, yeah, because I can't write anything. And I said, then write it down until something shows up. And he's like, so he did. He wrote a half a page of, I can't, I mean, it was like sentences. I didn't assign the sentences. I just said, write until you think of something. So I have a question for you then. Uh huh. So this is something that... I've come across uh, both as a literacy coach, as a teacher in trainings, et cetera, et cetera. It's this idea that, oh, if a kid has nothing to write, then write that you have nothing to write, right? Mm-hmm. But how do you move them from that? Because you, we, we've we seen people and I've seen people for sure where they just live in that zone at all times, right? Kids end up developing almost a learned helplessness to where they never evolve past that. It's like, well, I don't have anything to write, so I'm just going to write this. And my my teacher's going to give me a hundred daily grade because I'm going to just write this. I'm going to say, well, that's what I was taught, right? I listened to craft and draft and they said, just let a kid write. I don't know what to write at all times. So how do you, how do you take that next step of evolving a student like that into writing actual, uh, something that's meaningful and substantial? Well, first of all, uh, that's at the beginning when when you do like a free write. But what what I'm about to do this week is I've got uh, three, maybe four, but for sure three idea-finding activities. And some of them are mine. I get most of them from other people, you know, from when we were reading years ago and I, because they're tried and true. And one of them's the heart map from Nancy Atwell. I think Gretchen Barnaby does her twist on it. Uh, but really she got it from Nancy Atwell. Uh, I would, I would imagine if I would sit down and talk to her, I bet that's what she would say. But anyway, the idea is you, you draw this heart and the kids write inside their heart, everything that they like. Now, what I've added to it is what's on the outside of the heart are things they don't like, because you got to, you got to embrace both, I think, that way. Because you got some kids that are like, I don't love anything. And you're like, okay, well, then write down what you don't like, but don't put it in your heart. Put it outside your heart. And they're like, oh, I can do that, you know. So I try my best. And that, that's kind of how that happened was I had a kid that said, I don't love anything. And so I'm like, well, okay, if you don't love anything, write everything you hate outside the heart. Oh, I can do that. I hate a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know? and it's like, okay, we'll go for it. I was so, that student. Was that you? Oh, I believe that. No, anyway, I'm just kidding. That's but uh, but that's what I do. So so when I have a, an issue, I might, you know, I did the heart map and everything's got to be nice and fluffy. And then when I got that kid, I'm like, I have to do something. So 
all right, everything you hate, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I've got one about memories that we're about to do, and they're going to do five-column chart of just different types of memories. And all they do is list, but like on the heart map, for example, they look at it, and the one thing that all of a sudden, you know, it speaks out to them, the one that they notice the most, the one they think they can write about the most, they'll circle that one. So that boy that wrote, can't think of anything, can't think of anything, can't think of anything, I've already got him in my head, right? So that's my first conference. So I go over there, and when he's doing the heart map or the hate map, (laughs) depending on what angle he wants to take, I look at it and I go, okay, so which one of these is speaking to you today? That's my my thing. And he goes, he'll sit there, I hope. And I'll have to let y'all know if it worked, but this is my plan. So um, which one of these uh, is speaking to you today? And uh, you know, what I mean by that, because I might have to explain that, is which one do you think you can write about the best? You know, which ones you, you think you feel more at ease at? You know, whatever I need to do to get him to understand what I mean. And he's probably going to pick one. He's probably going to point to it. He won't talk to me, I bet. He's going to point to it, and I'll say, all right, circle it. Okay, now, in your draft book, go to page 11 or whatever page we're doing it on, and I'll say, okay, I want you to write about that, that you just pointed to me. I'm going to come back around in a minute. And I'm going to see what you wrote. Is that a deal? And he'll probably shake his head, reluctantly pick up his pen, and begin to write. I'll come back around, and then if he's written something, then I celebrate. If he hasn't written anything, then now I prod for another question. So you pointed to that thing. So tell me why you pointed to it. What is it about that that you're interested in? Tell me about it. So then he tells me about it, and I've got, oh, my gosh, you just now have the right idea. Right, what you just told me. I'm going to come back around. And so I go, I do my thing, and I come back around. And that's what I do. And and I just might do that twice. I don't try to force him. And I'll go, it's okay. If you didn't get anything today, it'll come. Just be thinking on it. And when it shows up, I want you to write about it. Is that a deal? Okay. All right. Well, we'll do something tomorrow. You know, that kind of thing. So that's kind of how I talk to them. You know, I just try to help them. I, I used to get down even with them. I, you know, I have to get a chair to do that, but you'll like this story. You know, I've I've had both of my knees replaced because I have arthritis. And so the funny thing is, is I didn't realize how bad I was. And this kid, he just was staring at the page and crying. He was crying. The page was, was so scary that the tears were just, it was silent tears. I, I don't think I've ever had, I think that's the worst experience that I've ever seen a kid have a reaction to just write whatever you want. So, you know, when you have a kid like that, you want to get down, you want to be in there, you know, even with them. So you're not staring down on them, you know, all of the psychology things that they tell you to do. So here I am, I'm squatting down and I'm right next to him. And I'm like, yeah, there's nothing scarier than a blank page. What's on your mind? I'm so sorry that you're crying, you know, whatever, whatever I did. And then he's like, okay, I can do that. So he starts to write and I said, don't worry, you know, whatever shows up, it's okay. It's okay. Just write about the blank page. It's staring back at you, you know, and he did. That's what he wrote about. But now it's time for me to get up and guess who's stuck. (laughs) Could not get up. Life of me. The kids had to hang hang on the desk. Literally help me get up. I was stuck. <laughs> so I don't do that anymore. But the, anyway, he started smiling. It was probably the best thing for him, but it was not okay for me. That's funny. <laughs> so, anyway, that's when I found out I was in that bad of shape. I didn't know I was. It was funny. 
you know, it does make a difference. You know, those little psychology uh, tweaks, you know, I, I, I have a, and that's what, like, I, when I have kind of started the, the show today was, you know, when I sat, you know, at first I kind of stood off in the, in the class. And then when I joined them, it was a little bit different. You know, there's, there's a moment like when it's like a, it's such, it's such a funny thing. It's like when adults sit with kids, it's like they understand things are different. It's also like when you genuinely ask questions about their lives and listen, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a small little thing. And it's just, you know, it's I think a I'm small, a, go I'm ahead. sorry. It's a small thing with a huge result. Yeah. And it's just like, if you can get there, like, I feel like so much of, I think why I'm having so much excitement with being an AP right now is the, the way I would confer is I would talk about students' lives and I would just ended up kind of funneling them into writing. There's an AP I'm having these conversations and we're just, uh, it's the same strategy. It's just paying attention, asking questions, asking follow-up questions. And then before you know it, I'm walking the hallway and the person I had a conversation with later, they walk up to me and they just want to talk more. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's uh-huh. like, oh, you know, it's it's so funny that it just happens that way. But it's a, it, it's such a, it's something that probably should be talked about more, really, in, in the teaching world is just how to have conversations. But honestly, I think if you just care, then then people do that naturally. But in any case, you want to hit some listener questions, Miss yeah, Ochoa, before we, before we tune that. out today? So I have yeah. – there's two that are connected. We'll hit those last. So we'll hit this other one first. And I answered this one. In a, in a private message, but I thought this would be interesting to talk about because we've never, maybe we could dedicate a, an episode to this one day, but I think this is interesting for craft and draft specifically, but our, our friend Leah, who's been a supporter for a long time, um, she had written to us and said, thank you so much for the PD, uh, talking about our, our PD video that we did not too long right. ago. Okay. It was so yeah. helpful for my start of the year. She said, also congrats to you, Chastain. I look forward to hearing about your assistant principal journeys. Well, we're going to keep talking about it. She said, Question, what do you all do for subs? Do you do an excerpt and have them respond in some way and then work on their writing? Thanks. So I have a direct answer to this. So do you mind? uh, Can I go first on this? Yeah, I'll let you go first because, I mean, I have a good answer. So my my solution to this, when we started doing craft and draft, really Mm – I was I had that thought too. I was like, well crap, what do I do for sub work? I was like, I don't wanna I don't wanna just leave like a worksheet or something. You know, I can right. or you know, I can leave something with questions. And I definitely have, like, especially even though I'm answering this a certain way right now. I've definitely done that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Subs are subs. I tell students, your job when I am out sick is to not get in trouble. I was like, you doing the work is something I would love you to do, and that'll be awesome, but your job is to behave. That's all I want you to do on a sub day. And that might sound like low expectations, but I don't know. In our community and at that school, that was a good sign because usually subs, you know, there's there's a problem. Kids act a fool. I mean, even in our best classes, it happened like mm-hmm. that. So, And it all came down to trust and stuff, and sometimes subs come in. Guns are blazing because they think that's how they control a classroom. And it's just like your job as a, as a kid, I don't care if the sub is rude. You Your job is to not get in trouble. But what I did is I made a mini lesson. I usually did this sometime early in the year, maybe like by week two or three. Because I, I usually, you know, unless something happened, I usually was never absent for a while. And I made a mini lesson. I said, this is our absent assignment. And what it is, is it just goes through the process. I basically, it's like, 
It's I literally put it absent assignment, and it's like you will read for 15 minutes. You will answer these key questions about your book. You'll respond to it, and then you'll write, and this is how you do it. So that's, that was my thing is I literally created a mini lesson, and we we glued it in. I didn't even let them write it. This was one of those moments where like I printed this all out. We did it that day when I did this, and we treated it like a real mini lesson. But on the absent thing, what I did was when I was out, and this is this helps for like if I was like you know if I thought I was going to be there, but you know three a.m. hits and I'm sick for some reason. It's like I can just post and tell students or the sub or teachers and say, "Hey, page twenty five in your craft book is your absent assignment. That's what you do. That's what I'll be looking for when I come back." The next day. And so I think anyone that wants to do this for craft and draft, I think that's a great strategy because it's always there. You want to leave it vague enough that it can apply to whatever they're doing, um, but also meaningful enough that it kind of fits just the format of stuff. And I think that is that solution really helped in so many times where I just I got sick and kids knew this and they were just like, oh sweet, we're just gonna read and respond. And we're gonna write. And then sometimes I would have them submit or sometimes I'd say, I'm going to uh I'm gonna check this the next day or when I come back. And it evolved. So I might have one absent assignment early in the year and then maybe after Christmas or whatever. I changed the absent assignment to be more advanced or something. So it just might happen that way. Um, and that solution in this format was really, really useful. And I think teachers, I think teachers could really manipulate that idea to fit whatever they wanted to, but that that's how I did it. How do you usually handle absences, Miss Ochoa? Well, I think it's kind of similar, but right now I'm having to, I don't, if I miss it's, well, you know, last year I don't think I missed hardly at all. Um, but this year, I'm about I, I, I'm having to deal with this, Leah. I'm having to figure this out myself because my mother is having surgery, and so I'm her caretaker, and so I'm going to have to be gone for about three days in a row, if not four, and so. I'm a little nervous as well about that. So I might take your idea, but what would you do if it's more than one day like that? Uh, that I would honestly, it just depends. Like I had a really great group for a long time. They could do it like multiple times because they're always reading and they're always writing. So it would always like add to it. So it wasn't that big of a problem. But in that case, if I was out for like, you know, more than two days or something, um, then I might actually like, you know, it might be one of those things where like, you know what? All right. I'm going to submit a, a news ELA article with some questions. <laughs> and, right. That's sometimes know. what I do. And yeah. that, I think that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I have, I, I did that last year on a few times cause I had COVID last year and I was sick last year more than I think I'd ever been sick in, in a, for whatever reason. So I, I missed more. I didn't miss a lot of days, but I probably missed like maybe. I don't know, maybe six or seven, which is a lot for me. I usually don't miss that many. Um, and I ended up using that sometimes. I, I believe I'd sent you a few articles or I was like, hey, can you use an article? So like I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to say like I live in this utopia where kids just show up and like, oh, Chastain's not here. I'm gonna work. I'm just saying there, you know, there's multiple strategies for this. That right. absent assignment has done well in the past. Um, but in well, that, especially Especially as a, you didn't know you were going to be absent. Right. 
And that way it's just like an expectation. You know, you just teach it and then kids kind of I go like through with it. You know, it's just something small. And if it fails, then you can kind of tweak it and stuff. But I think it lends itself to something cool because in that way they kind of know what to do. If, you know, we were in an ape or a substitute shortage. So it's really useful for kids to already know what they need to do when they walk in. If there's a sub or if there's a different teacher in there that's filling in, um, I've had classes where it just doesn't work though, because they'll be like, oh, I, I don't know what that page is. I don't know what any of this is. <laughs> and so there's, right. <laughs> there's that problem. So, you know, your mileage may vary, but that would be my, my, my two cents on that. Do you have anything to add to that before we move on to our vocabulary questions? Yeah. I, I would say one of the things that I do is I have a running sub letter. So what I do is I'll have the, I already have my uh, schedule on it. I already have some of those things that you do for every sub, like what is the consequences, what do you want them to do, where to, you know, all of that, where the seating chart is located. And I do that, and then I have a one, do this first, second, third, and fourth, and I have that laid out for the uh, substitute, and then I also write it on the board if I have time. But... uh but that's one of the things that I do. And so it just depends on what we're working on. Like if we're reading a novel, then they would have to read like chapter whatever and have all of that done. So that's usually what I do is uh, let the reading guide and then their writing would be a response to their reading in some way. Unless they were actually working on a paper for a long period of time that they've already been working on. My problem right now is that I don't know these students that well yet and I'm already having to be out. And so I'm a little nervous about it, but it is what it is. I have to take care of my mom. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how it goes sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, I think one of the biggest truths about teaching is you have to do so much more work when you're gone. And so yes. it's, just, it's just a pain <laughs> now, in the butt. Now, I will tell you that when my husband was very sick and he was, I had to miss, there was one year I missed 28 days and that's because he was that sick. And, uh, but we were in the hospital. I was in the, you know, the ICU waiting room and I get this note from my sub and the kids were like off the wall. They were okay for the first few days. And then all of a sudden they're like, she can't control them. So I, 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 uh, Signed up to the hospital Wi-Fi and got the numbers for all the parents. And I sat in that ICU room and called every parent that I had on that list and explained that I was in this hospital ICU room. If there's any way they could talk to their student, (laughs) I would sure appreciate it. Oh, they were embarrassed that I was, you know, having to call them from the hospital. And they're like, oh, Miss Ochoa, we'll take care of that. And the next day... But I I, call, I was going to be up all night anyway, so I, while I was waiting on his surgery, he was having a transplant. So I was doing that. I was busy just calling. It, it kept my mind, you know, focused, but that helped. It really did. So we're at 57 minutes, Ochoa. Let's save okay. our vocabulary. vocabulary. Let's save our vocabulary for next episode. Let's make that our mission. Next episode, we talk all about okay. vocabulary work. How about that? I think that'll work. And that way we give time because we don't want to rush through our questions. We want to make sure to 
to really give y'all time. So let's do that. Next week, we're going to talk all about vocabulary, handling Latin roots, and everything else. So if you have questions about that, submit them to us, and we'll get into those next week. Vocabulary is always right. a great question. It's something that's always on the... It's always on the mind of English teachers. But, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Craft of Draft podcast. If you enjoyed this, tell your friends and family and other teachers about it. Subscribe if you haven't already. We've had more and more listens lately, more people uh, you know, supporting us. If you want extra episodes, bonus episodes, bonus PD, join us on Patreon. Like we said at the top of the show, get access to all of that at various tiers. It's wonderful. Or if you're just supporting us on the podcast, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any episode. We drop an episode every single Friday and leave a review to let other educators know that this podcast is the one to listen to. We've had, I love our reviews because our reviews that people have dropped, they talk about how we're student-centered. We're focused on specific things. It's very nice because that, that's what we aim for, so it's glad that some of that's coming through <laughs> the, the podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, let us know if you have any questions, anything else. But otherwise, know that we are here for you. <laughs> <laughs>